Eine Minute, please. Sure? Yes. Good to go? Okay, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salam ala abdillahi wa rasulih nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in So first of all, I apologize that we haven't uh, this class didn't get scheduled properly so we might have left everybody a bit confused about whether there was a class today or not but alhamdulillah there is a class today and uh, we're going to be continuing with our kids class minus the kids because of lockdown so um, again, I'm talking to an empty room But we are going to continue from what we spoke about last time With regard to the prayers And before we start talking about Salat uh, Salatul Jama'ah Praying as a group I want to talk a little bit about the numbers of the prayers So I want to talk a little bit about the numbers of each prayer So we've already spoke about Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib and Isha Agreed? What did we say about Fajr? How many raka'at? Two. And you read aloud in both of them. And Dhuhr is four. And you read quietly. And Asr is four. And you read quietly. And Maghrib is three. And you read aloud in the first two. And Isha is four. And you read aloud in the first two. Okay, but what about the Sunnah prayers? So I'm going to ask you a simple question to start with, okay? What's the difference between an obligatory prayer or a fard prayer and an optional prayer or a Sunnah prayer? What's the, somebody asks you, what's the difference? Somebody never knew there were different types of prayers. How would you explain it to them? So the obligatory prayers you have to do all the time. You can never, ever, ever miss them unless you have uh, an Islamic uh, reason which is given to you by Allah. There are some limited reasons. For example, a lady who just gave birth to a baby for a set period of time or something. There are some reasons, but very generally speaking, you're going to pray those five fard prayers all the way until from the moment you know how to pray them, and you reach seven years old hijri, and then ten years old hijri, and then all the way until, yani for as long as you're on this earth, you're going to be praying those five daily prayers, five times a day on time. What about the voluntary prayers? They're optional. How do we know they're optional? Because a man came to the Prophet wasallam and he asked, Hal alayya ghayruhun? He said, do I have to do any prayers apart from these five? The Prophet ﷺ said, لا إلا أن تطوع No, everything you do after these five is voluntary. Okay, so from that we know that the five are obligatory and the rest are voluntary. But are all the voluntary prayers the same? No. So there are some voluntary prayers that are really, 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 really important. And there are some that are less important. 
how do we know what voluntary prayers are really, really important? Go on. So I only have my kids here, so. Voluntary, yeah, Sheikh. Voluntary. Okay, so how frequently did the Prophet ﷺ pray them? So then we can divide voluntary prayers into three groups by how often the Prophet ﷺ prayed them. There are some prayers the Prophet ﷺ never, ever, ever left them except when in the most any serious of situations, but Typically, the Prophet ﷺ never left them. He didn't leave them at all. Which are the prayers the Prophet ﷺ never left? Two prayers the Prophet ﷺ never ever left. Not when he was traveling, not when he was sick. Before Fajr, two raka'at. When we say before Fajr, what do we mean? After the Adhan and before the Iqama. We don't mean before Fajr time starts, like two in the morning. We mean after the Adhan and before the Iqama. After the Adhan and before the Iqama. Okay. That's uh, one prayer. How many raka'at is it? Two. Generally, all of the sunnah prayers are two. Salatul layli wa nahar mathna mathna. All of the sunnah prayers are two, 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 two. Generally. They all? Two, 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 two. Okay. So we said two raka'at before fajr. So usually it's prayed silently. And it's after the Fajr Adhan, after the time for Fajr starts, but before you pray the Fajr prayer itself, before you pray the proper Fajr prayer. After the time starts, before you pray the proper prayer, and you pray two raka'at. Okay. What is the second prayer the Prophet never left? Sunnah prayer, any voluntary prayer. Witter. What does the word witter mean in Arabic? Inna Allah witrun yuhibbul witter. What does the word witter mean in Arabic? Close. Doesn't mean one, but you're very close. Definitely doesn't mean two. One is very close. Odd. Odd number. Inna Allah witrun yuhibbul witter. Allah is odd-numbered because how many is Allah? One. So Allah is odd-numbered, one. And Allah loves what is odd-numbered. Allah loves al-witr, what is odd-numbered. Okay. So the witr has to be an odd-numbered prayer. Okay. Generally, without, I don't want to make it too complicated. I just want to make it simple for now. That the most common way to pray witr is that you pray two raka'at 
then you give the salam, then you stand up and you pray one. When do you remember doing this, kids? Ah, oh, now you both put your hand up. Uh-huh. Ramadan. Why do you remember in Ramadan? Because in Ramadan we pray the witr jama'atan, yani we, as a jama'ah, as a group. But otherwise, you should be praying the witr every day. You pray two, you give your salam, and then you stand up and you pray one. That's not the only way to pray witr. You could pray one by itself, you can pray three all in one go without sitting down in the middle, but that's getting too complicated for our kids' class. So we just keep it simple. Two raka'at, give the salam, one raka'at at the end, and give the salam. And that's really one of the only sunnah prayers that is odd-numbered. All the rest are two by two. Okay, those are the two the Prophet didn't leave when he was sick. He didn't leave them when he was tired. He didn't leave them when he was busy. He didn't leave them when he was traveling. So they are what we call sunnatun mu'akkada. They are highly recommended. They are highly recommended. To the point that some of the scholars even said, if you regularly leave them, if you leave them all the time, you're sinful for not praying them regularly. But if you left them one time or two times, then you're not sinful. Some of them said this. And if you leave them all the time, you're sinful. But if you just left them one time or two times, then you're not blameworthy. Okay. Now we're going to go to the next. So that was the highest category, the, the most important. Why was it the most important? Because the Prophet never ever left them himself. What's the second most important then? No, because we said three categories, so you can't just say the rest. The ones that the Prophet did regularly, but didn't stick to them with that same, like, you know, I never, ever, ever leave it, but he did them, he did them regularly. So what comes in there? What comes in there is something we call Ar-Rawatib. Ar-Rawatib. And the Rawatib are the regular prayers that you pray every day around your Fard prayers. What do we mean around the Fard prayers? Just before you pray the Fard prayer, just after you pray the Fard prayer, these are called the Rawatib, the regular prayers. Did the Prophet used to leave them? Yes, sometimes. But it was his habit to pray them. Usually his habit was to pray them. Okay? So his habit was to pray these prayers. So talk me through the rawatib, the, the ones that are attached to the fard prayer. So they're either before or after. When we say before, what do we mean before? We mean between the adhan and the... Iqama, between the time for the prayer and the time the prayer starts. So let me just give you an example what I mean by the Adhan and the Iqama. So if I look at the clock right now, it says for where we are that Fajr starts at 6.23. But if I look at the screen up there, it says that Fajr actually starts together, we pray together at 7 o'clock. So that means that the Sunnah for Fajr 
is sometimes between 6.23 when Fajr actually starts and 7 o'clock when we pray. But what about if you're not praying in the jama'ah in the masjid? Again, between when Fajr starts, for example, 6.23, and when you pray your Fajr prayer, whenever that is, could be 6.45, 7.15, 7.30, 7, whenever you pray, but between those two, yes. Yes. Uh huh. Um, when you're looking at the sky, after when Fajr starts, when you're looking, you can do that. Yes. When Fajr, if you're looking at the sky and Fajr starts, you can pray your Sunnah first and then pray your uh, Fard prayer. But you have to see Fajr start before you can pray your Sunnah prayer. Okay. So two raka'at before Fajr. What about Dhuhr? What did the Prophet say to pray around Dhuhr before and after? How many before? Two plus two. Two raka'at and the salam and then two more and the salam and these are done quietly. So that's two plus two. Some people pray four in one go but the sunnah is two and two, Salatul Layli wa Nahar Mathna Mathna. The prayer of the night and the day, the voluntary prayers are all two by two. So two plus two. What about after? Two or two and two. You're right, both. Two options. You've got either two or two and two. But the one that we're, the second one of those two is not part of the rawatib. The ratiba, the, the regular ones, is two plus two before. And two after. Okay? Asr doesn't have any ratiba attached to it. You can still pray between the adhan and the iqamah, but there is no like regular salah attached to asr. What about maghrib? Two after. And what about isha? No, there is two before, but it's not part of the regular. Two after. So how many does that make the ratiba prayers then? The regular sunnah prayers that you pray around the fard prayers when how many does that make? Okay, six each one is two raka'at, right? So that makes twelve. Twelve raka'at, yes, that's right. Six prayers or twelve raka'at. Two before Fajr, two and two before Dhuhr. Okay, two after Dhuhr, uh, two after Maghrib, and two after Isha. That's six prayers of two raka'at each, which is 12 raka'at, or 12, yeah, 12 raka'at, we should say, in total. Those, if you pray them regularly, the reward is that Allah will build for you a house in paradise for praying them regularly. So it's really important that you pray those regularly. But if you're traveling, you don't pray them. And if you're not well, you don't pray them. But when you're in, at home, in your home city or your hometown, and when you are feeling fine, you should be praying those prayers. Where should you be praying them? 
ideally, everyone, men and women, where should you be praying them? At home is better than in the masjid. Is there any exception to that? Is there any time where you should be praying them in the masjid? Only, there's only one situation, which is if you just don't have time. Like, for example, you stay in the masjid between Dhuhr and Asr. There is, for example, in England in the winter, we stay in the masjid between Dhuhr and Asr because there's only like an hour gap between the two. So there is no chance to go home and pray them. And you have to pray them, you have to pray them here. But if you have a chance to go home, it's better you pray them at home than in the masjid. Why do you think it's better to pray them at home? No, not ladies, men is better to pray at home. I want you to give me two reasons now. Two reasons why it's better for men to pray the sunnah prayer at home. And women, but I mean specifically I'm talking to the men. Excellent. So the first one is, you don't make your house like a grave. Because a man might never pray in his house ever. So, would, would you, do you not agree? Like a man goes to the masjid five times a day He might never ever ever pray in his house ever In his whole time Weeks, months go by He never prays in his house So so that you don't make your house like a grave you, Somewhere nobody prays You don't make it like a cemetery Where nobody prays So you should pray your sunnah prayers in the house The second reason is Because of ikhlas and sincerity Because it's more sincere when people don't see you Whereas when you, you know Straight away after the prayer you stand up And pray Alhamdulillah, it's not haram What you did is fine But it's also not as sincere And it's not as much for Allah Like you can easily do it for other people Also, have you ever noticed how annoying it is Just to be blunt, yeah When everybody stands up and prays their sunnah prayer Right after Isha and you can't get out it's very, very, subhanAllah in masajid, wallah, it's very annoying, wallah. And it's khilaf al-sunnah, it's against the sunnah, so I'm allowed to say that it's annoying because it's against the sunnah. That the people stand up and all start praying their sunnah prayers like that. And then you're sat in the front thinking, well, what, like, what do I do now? I can't get out, I have to stand here. And then the other, some of them praying six raka'at, seven raka'at, some of them start qiyamun layl. You can't get out of the masjid. You're sitting there thinking, come on, can we you know, speed it up? You can't get out of the masjid It goes against the sunnah of the Prophet Sunnah of the Prophet You do your adhkar khas, you go pray at home There's nothing wrong with praying in the masjid But if you're going to pray in the masjid At least go over in the corner Where you're not disturbing everybody and Yeah, where you're not disturbing everybody And where you're not doing it in front of Like where, praying where you're blocking everybody From going out from the masjid Now, okay Uh I want you then to talk me through a day of praying, okay, including sunnah prayers and all the rest. So we start at Fajr, okay, we start at, at Fajr, and I want you to put as many prayers as you can think of. If you miss a prayer, I'm going to tell you you missed it, okay? okay. All the sunnah prayers, voluntary prayers, extra prayers, Bonus prayers, everything you can think of, okay? Alright, okay. All the prayers, so we start with the Adhan of Fajr. Okay, what do you do? 
Oh, okay, we're bringing all of them. You missed one. She said, Tahiyat al Masjid. She said the first one, Tahiyat al Masjid. She missed it. She missed one. Ah, okay, <laughs> mashallah. Faqih, Shaykhna al Mufti. What you do is, you make wudu. After wudu, you pray two rak'at. That's, that's a bonus prayer. Like, after wudu, when you make wudu, you pray two rak'at. Okay. Then which prayer do you pray? We haven't gone to the masjid yet. You pray the sunnah of fajr. Yeah? You pray the sunnah of fajr. Okay? At home. Two rak'at. Then you go to the masjid, you pray tahiyat al-masjid. Like to welcome, to greet the masjid. What does tahiyat al-masjid mean? A lot of people don't know about this prayer. What does it mean? Before you sit down, you have to pray something. Do you really have to pray a specific prayer? No, but you have to pray something before you sit down. So if you come early to the masjid, you pray tahiyat al-masjid. And then you wait for fajr. Fajr comes and how many raka'at is fajr? Two. Two raka'at you read aloud. Okay, how, what do you pray after fajr? Sunnah Allah Hadik. Ya Rajab. Sunnah None After Fajr After Fajr you're not allowed to pray Anything <laughs> Wait you're getting there Sunnah You're not allowed to pray anything after Fajr Until the sun rises to the height of a spear What does that mean? Until the sun rises to a height of a spear So Sunrise on this timetable says 821 That's not the time 821 is when the sun breaks over the horizon. So, let's just pretend this is the sun, right? And <laughs> this is the horizon. You can tell I've got nobody in the class today. And the sun, when it breaks over the horizon like that, yeah, when it just goes over the horizon, that's 821. That's not to the height of a spear. How long does it take for the sun to rise to the height of a spear till the sun is like this over the horizon? How long? Yeah, that's good. It's a good guess. 15 minutes is safe. To be safe, 15 minutes. Some scholars said 12 minutes. It depends on the place, but 15 is safe. 15 minutes after that, now you can pray. Duha. Duha. Up to how many raka'at is duha? It's two by two, up to eight. You can start praying 15 minutes after sunrise and the best time to pray it is when the sun starts to get hot. Now, I know in England the sun never starts to get hot, to be honest. But if you were living in a hot country, roughly when do you think the sun starts to get hot? When before Dhuhr? Give me rough time. You lived in Dubai. How? 10 o'clock, good. 10 o'clock, half 10, that kind of time when the sun really starts to get really hot. This is the best time to pray duha. And especially it's good to pray duha if you didn't pray the night prayer the night before. Like make up your night prayer with duha. Duha. No, you don't have to stay in the masjid till then. Your two raka'at when you finish, you stay in the masjid, 
you pray your two raka'at 15 minutes after sunrise, then you go and then later on in the morning you finish the others. Okay? Okay. Now comes the adhan of Dhuhr. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Okay. So first you... Okay, you're not making wudu? You kept your wudu since Fajr? Okay, we're not going to be saying, okay, we're not going to go through the wudu prayers and all that stuff. Just, we just talk about the regular ones. So, you are going to pray uh, at home, two raka'at, then two more, then go to the masjid, tahiyat al masjid, and then you're going to pray dhuhr, four raka'at. After that, if you're going to go home, go home. If you're not, you're going to, anyways, you're going to pray two raka'at after dhuhr. Okay, two after Dhuhr. Okay, then comes Asr. Okay, if you want, you can pray before Asr, two and two. But it's not from the regular prayers the Prophet used to pray all the time. Okay, no, you can do it. No, it's not, let's just add it. We don't add something that isn't from Islam. But it, it's not something that the Prophet did regularly. But you can do it. Because there is a hadith also uh, in which the Prophet said, He said, between every adhan and iqama, there is a prayer. Asr comes four raka'at. After Asr, how many raka'at we pray? None. Absolutely zero. Because you're not allowed to pray at that time until Maghrib. Maghrib comes, before Maghrib, pray two raka'at. This is not from the things the Prophet prayed every time, but you can pray two raka'at after the adhan of Maghrib. Then you pray Maghrib, three raka'at, and then after Maghrib you pray two. Sunnah, ratiba. Okay, then Isha comes. Again, between the adhan and the iqam of Isha, you can pray two if you want to. Four for Isha. And the two ratiba, the main two that come after Isha. Now it came to the night prayer. When does the night prayer start? Where were you in Ramadan? After Isha. So the night prayer starts after Isha. When is the best time to pray the night prayer? The last third of the night. And in the middle of the night. So you know when your parents tell you you're not allowed to wake up for a midnight feast? Yeah? What you need to say is that, mom and dad, it's not a midnight feast, it's tahajjud. Yeah? So you wake up for tahajjud. Yeah? You wake up for tahajjud. Ideally the last third of the night, meaning before fajr time. So for example, if we look at the time right now, the time for maghrib is 4.12 and the time for Fajr is 6.20. So let's just keep it simple. Let's just say quarter past six to quarter past four. Okay? So what's the last third of the night? So from six to 12 is six hours. And 12 to four is four hours. Okay, that means we have how many hours in total? Ten. So roughly, roughly three Hours before Fajr, up to three hours before Fajr. Fajr 6.23, so say from three o'clock, roughly. From roughly three o'clock in the morning, or today, as for today's time. Three, so three o'clock in the morning until 6.23. You don't have to get up that whole time. You could get up 
uh, an hour before, you could get up half an hour before, you get up an hour and a half before. How many raka'at is Qiyamul Layl? Two, 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 two. The Prophet used to pray eight times in total, but you can pray as many as you want. You can pray as many as you want. So two, 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 two. But what do you have to pray before the Adhan of Fajr comes in? Witter. Witter. Okay, what about if you don't wake up for the night prayer? Guys, guys, attention. What about if you don't wake up for the, for the night prayer? What about if you're not going to wake up? When should you pray your witr? After Isha, before you go to sleep. Abu Huraira, radiallahu uh, anhu, used to say that Awsani Khalili, my beloved, the Prophet told me, he gave me advice. And one of the advices that he gave to Abu Huraira was, that you should pray the witr before you go to sleep. Like meaning, if you're not going to get up for Qiyam al-Layl, pray the witr before you go to sleep. Okay, but what if you pray the witr before you go to sleep and then you do get up for Qiyam al-Layl? What should now should you do? Don't do the witr again. Witr is only once. So if you did it before you go to sleep and then you woke up for your midnight feast stroke, Qiyam al-Layl, yeah? And then you prayed your qiyam. Don't pray with her. Don't pray with her twice. Okay, cool. So that was the whole day's prayers. But really what we're saying to, to you guys is this. When you start off, you need to get your fard prayers right. Okay? I don't want anyone worrying about night prayers when they're not praying their five daily prayers. Get your five daily prayers right. When your five daily prayers are right, concentrate on your witr. And your two raka'at before Fajr. When, you, when your witr and your two raka'at before Fajr are right, then look at the regular prayers, the ratiba prayers, like before Dhuhr, after Dhuhr, after Maghrib, after Isha, and so on. And then look at your night prayer, making sure that you try to, even if you only pray your night prayer after Isha, is okay. Finish Isha, go home, pray your night prayer. Why not, if you want to? Try and get your habit on that. So you build your habits up. You build it up. But the sad thing we have, and I wanted to talk about this today because a lot of people do have this problem, and I think it's really important, is a lot of people are struggling to pray their five prayers because of school, because of, you know, they're, they're, they're not managing to pray their five prayers on time. And it's so important because the Prophet said, Al-Ahdul the difference between us and them is the prayer and whoever leaves there is disbelieved. So it's so important that you guys get that habit of praying your prayer, even if... what. So how would you manage it if school tells you you're not allowed to pray? I know you guys are homeschooled, so you don't have that problem. But if school said to you, if you were one day kidnapped and put in a real school, a real school, in a, in a non-homeschooled school, and they told you, that you are not allowed to pray Zuhr. How would you manage it? Yeah, so the first thing you should try to do is you should try to convince them. So if you can't do that yourself because you're too young, 
then bring your, your parents, bring the imam of your masjid, bring, you know, bring, you know, whoever, but bring people who can convince your school that they have to let you pray. And as far as I know, it's not, I don't think that the school are able to stop a person from praying. Generally speaking, like religion is something that should be protected. And they, I think the only reason they stop you from praying is they don't understand about praying, what it is, or they don't understand how important it is for you, or they think that you can't do it. They think they have to give you a mosque, we haven't built a mosque on the ground of the school or whatever. Okay, if you're struggling to convince them, and you don't manage to convince them to, you don't manage to convince them to, to let you pray, or they don't give you a room to pray, what are your options then? Okay, if there's time after school before Asr, you could pray. But right now in the winter in the UK, there's no time because Asr starts at 1.54. So there's no chance for you to pray. So what can you do? Yeah, excellent. Pray wherever you can. Because guess what it is? It's a free country. What are you going to do? Like cut the grass up and start, I mean, like what are you going to do? Put tape on the grass? Like, you know, like it, it, I, it's, I can pray wherever I want. So you find the best place to pray and just pray there. And you know the funny thing is if you do that for a while, you'll soon see the school provide a room for you, you know, like very quickly. School starts saying, oh, you know, so really surprising. We found a room for you. This room is free, yeah? Just start praying in the corridor. <laughs> pray under the stairs. Pray, you know, pray in the teacher, head teacher's office. No problem. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't giggle too much. Okay, maybe not in the head teacher's office. I would pray in the head teacher's office, to be honest. Pray wherever. At the end of the day, my prayer is more important to me than anything. So you have to have that mentality. No, we don't want to inconvenience people. We don't want to upset people. But at the end of the day, my prayer is, that's what makes you a Muslim. So to be honest, I don't have a second option. Either you give me a room to pray, or either I'm going to pray in the corridor, or either I'm going to pray on the field, or I'm going to pray... On my, you know, in the classroom, under my desk at the end of the day, wherever it takes, I'm going to pray. Because nothing stops me from praying. And honestly, generally, the schools are not bad, to be honest with you. They, they do allow people to pray, but they just don't understand how to. They think like, oh, we have to provide them a masjid, or we have to provide them with wudu facilities, or we have to provide them with... And they just like, they find it very difficult to understand, or they're scared, what if the whole school wants to pray... What if, then they're thinking, what if the, you know, Jewish kids want to pray and the Hindu kids want to pray and the Buddhist kids want to pray and the Christian kids want to pray? We're gonna, how many, we're going to have to build like churches and sit like, they, they, they don't understand. Once you explain to them that prayer just takes a few minutes, it's very simple. I just need a space to put my head on the floor. I don't need anything else. I don't need a prayer mat. I don't need, I mean, prayer mats are nice, but I don't need one. I don't need a prayer mat. The Prophet said, The whole earth has been made as a place for me to pray on and purify myself with. You know, so you can make it easy, but you do have to also make sure that you don't make it difficult for the school. Why? Because what could happen is you stop them letting people pray because you make it hard for them. Like, for example, you make a mess in the bathroom and you throw the water all over the floor making wudu. Then for sure, 
the school can come along and say it's a risk to the children and health and safety and all this stuff. Worst, worst case, if you couldn't do it, what can you do in an emergency emergency? No, 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 no. Do, do not say to me something illegal, please. <laughs> please, I have parental responsibility. No, what you can do is join Dhuhr al-Asr. In a worst case situation, is that just as soon as it finishes, school finishes, pray Dhuhr al-Asr. But that's not the proper way of doing it. But in an emergency situation where they didn't give you any option or whatever, but I can't imagine this being the case because you can easily ask for a bathroom break. I mean, if you're in the classroom, you can put your hand up and say, can I go to the bathroom? You don't, I'm not, I don't have to tell you what I'm doing there. Excuse me, sir, can I go to the bathroom, please? Says, okay, go to the bathroom, come quickly. Go to the bathroom. In the first lesson, make all, come back, sit down on the desk. Second time, say, I really need the bathroom again, please. Go and pray outside. Wallah. Yeah, go, go into the bathroom so you didn't lie. Take one step in the bathroom, take one step out, start praying, finish your prayer, empty corridor, job done. The thing is that you have to realize that the prayer is so important. So the more, but I would recommend the more you get together with other Muslims in the school, together as a group, you can be strong. You can go and say, look, just give us a room, 10 minutes. We don't want anything. Give us the, I mean, schools have what? Gyms, they have uh, assembly halls, they have... Uh, <laughs> Not those kind of gyms, man. Okay. This conversation is not going a good way. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Be sensible again. So there's lots of options. Parents have to support their children to pray in school. They have to support their children to pray in school. And they have to show that they're willing and they have to push the school to, to make it happen. Because otherwise, wallah, like these kids have to... Like, subhanAllah, sometimes their parents are not able to do it at work, but they are not, they're not helping their kids. They're not protecting their children in terms of their prayers. And the thing is, you spend a lot of time in school. In fact, you know, I personally think school is a kind of giant waste of time when it comes to proper schools, as opposed to homeschool, which is the best thing ever. Um, the, the school, you spend how long? You start school when you are five years old. Minimum now you have to be 17, 18, whatever, 18 till you leave. In all that time you're not going to pray? And subhanAllah, how many years of your life? And then do you think you're going to start praying five times a day at 19? No, you build the habit when you're young or you're going to struggle to, to, to build it later on. So it's really important that the parents take praying in school seriously. Now, is this going to be a sensible question? Okay, go on. Yes. Okay, some can't move, yes. Okay, very good question. People who are sick in hospital, it's a very relevant question at the moment. A lot of people uh, are, you know, with what's going on at the moment, so a lot of people in hospital and struggling and stuff. So, how do you pray when you're in hospital? So, the simple answer is, Fattakullaha mastata'atu. Fear Allah as much as you can. Do the best you can. But there is a long answer. The long answer is, if you're able to stand, stand. If you're not able to stand, sit. If you're not able to sit, lie down. And if you're not able to lie down, do whatever you're able to do. If you're able to face the Qibla, face the Qibla. 
if you're not able to face the Qibla, just do the best that you can. If you can face between the East and the West, like if you can face roughly, but even if you can't do that, and if you're able to make wudu, make wudu, but if you're too sick to make wudu, make tayammum. We explained these in our classes so far. So you just do the best that you can. So for example, there are some people, they are, um, let's say for example, they are on a machine and everything and you know, they're conscious. I mean, they can, they, they're awake. They can't, do, they can't move. They can't get up and make wudu. Maybe somebody would be nice and come and help them to make tayammum or wudu. But generally speaking, you know, these wards are like sealed. and they, So what can they do? They can't make wudu. They can't make tayammum. So what should they do? Not pray? No, just do the best they can. If they can't do it, they can't do it. But they pray, still pray. Okay, they can't move anything except their head. How should they pray? Just move your head. Yeah? Make your ruku' down a little bit. Make your sujood down a little bit more. You do the best you can. You never stop praying no matter what situation you're in. Even if you can only move your eyes. The scholars said even if you can only move your eyelids. And even if you can't move your eyelids. Even if the only thing you can do is imagine it in your mind because you're completely paralyzed. La qadr Allahu dhalik. May Allah not make it happen. And subhanAllah, the prayer, we don't leave the prayer. That's why when the Prophet was, when he was about to die, what did he say? As-salah, salah. The prayer, the prayer. We don't leave it no matter what. Okay. I think that's probably a good amount for now that we wanted to cover. Uh, I wanted to cover praying in a group. How to pray. Yeah, I wanted to cover, we can change the title on it. I wanted to cover how to pray in a group. But I think we'll probably do that next lesson. So that's about praying in a jama'ah. How do you pray in a group? Where does the imam stand? How do you follow the imam? And uh, those type of things. We talk about that, yeah, we talk about that next week, inshallah. You're right, but we talk about that next week. Any questions? Any questions, guys? No? Okay. That's what Allah made easy for this lesson. Allah knows best. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.